Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Wednesday, June 10th, and we've got some interesting news to go over about the situation of COVID-19 and how it's going to be impacting the NFL season, and it's good news, y'all. I'll get over that. I'll go over that in the first segment of the show. Then in the second segment of the show, we're going to talk about Marquise Pouncey. He made some interesting statements about the police and talked about the program that he's been sponsoring for quite some time, which led to him being a, a, nomin- a nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year last year. Uh, that's, that's an award that's always given out to people who are doing great work in their community. We'll talk about what that work has been, why it's relevant to these times with police brutality, and what Marquise Pouncey said recently to back all that up. Then finally, we go into part two of Dale Lawley's special, five-part special on Troy Polamalu. We talk about some revelations and let you know what more you can be learning about Troy Polamalu on DKFitsburgSports.com. If you're enjoying the Locked On Steelers podcast, be sure to, to, to subscribe. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and, and, and all other podcasting platforms. This today, today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's get into it. All right, y'all. Happy Wednesday. We're going to get through this hump day as best we can. First, let's talk about the story of the day. And so we all know we're tired about hearing about COVID-19, but y'all, we got good news. And that's that the NFL is talking about having its Hall of Fame weekend not only on time on August 6th through the 8th, but also so that the fans can be participating as well. There's lots of levels to this, so let's break them down. First, a report um, a report from uh, CBSSports.com, Jonathan Jones, reported that uh, the, the Vice President of Communications for the, for the Hall of Fame, that'd be uh, Rich Desrosiers, um, said, said the following, one of the things we're hoping for and that we're willing to do is to almost be the test case for the NFL. Give us the green light and we'll show folks how it can be done safely for fans, safely for participants, and safely for the employees here. We feel very positive about the prospects of happening of it happening here in early August. Now, what does this mean is that this could be a testing ground, the Hall of Fame. Now, people do show up for the Hall of Fame. For those who don't know, uh, thousands of people will show up in Canton, Ohio, because they're they want to root on their favorite players that go into the Hall of Fame. Steelers fans, especially when it's their year, when it's when it's our year, they it, we show out. I mean, and Steelers fans, we all know they travel, but Ohio's our next door neighbor here in Pennsylvania. So Steelers fans are going to show out, show up, and show out in huge numbers. People, and don't forget, this is a big year for the Steelers because not only is Bill Cowher getting in, but Donnie Shell's getting in. And Troy Polamalu's getting in. All three of those guys are legends. And Bill Cower, great coach. Donnie Shell, you guys got to understand, Donnie Shell for the younger generation. Now, you guys have heard me talk about him a lot, but the the, the older class of Pittsburghers that love that 70s team, they know how good Donnie Shell was. And they've always felt that he's never gotten his due. So there's going to be so many people that are like, I finally lived to see Donnie Shell make the Hall of Fame. Uh, to, to put it in a way... That when I was a kid to help me understand how big it was. Uh, if you've heard of the original hot dog shop, which has since now been closed, unfortunately, we're hoping that can get back, open back up. Oh, it's such a sad thing. But it was one of the best fast food joints in Pittsburgh. Uh, it, was, it was right in the middle of Pitt's campus. It, it was a legendary spot. We're hoping it comes back. But anyways, when I was a kid, I would go in there. And every summer, they would have like a, a handwritten petition 
that you could sign that was to get Donnie Shell into the Hall of Fame. And they would, I guess they, someone would sign it. I mean, these petitions never went anywhere, but it would just be people that would just be signing and saying, yeah, get Donnie Shell in the Hall of Fame. And it was hilarious to me. I was just like, wow, like these people really care about this stuff. Um, but that's how important Donnie Shell was. But to the young generation, to, to my generation, we saw Troy Polamalu. We know how great he he was, and we know that he's one of the greatest safeties that ever lived, and probably the best the best safety of his generation. Uh, that is um, that that's a lot to celebrate if you're a Steelers fan. And Steelers fans were going to be so bummed if we couldn't give him a give all three of these guys the proper send off into football immortality. Uh, you look at and I mean getting the busts and everything, but also don't forget there's a game involved in this situation, that because the there's always the Hall of Fame game right after the ceremony where the where two teams duke it out for an extra for the preseason game that, that kicks off the season and the Steelers are going to be involved in that. It's the Steelers versus the Cowboys in Canton, Ohio. This is going to give the the NFL several opportunities to do the following. They'll be able to test it for crowds. They'll be able to test it for presentations. Then they'll be able to test it in a game, how the players are going to work. And they won't have to put their best players at risk because this is the this is the Hall of Fame preseason game. If you all don't remember, the stars don't play in the, in, in the preseason game. The backup stars don't play in the preseason game. The, 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 the most... The, the biggest players that really get featured in those games are usually the backup quarterback and the kicker and punter and the guy, the special teamers that, that they want to make sure, like, hey, let's get these guys out here. Um, so this will give the NFL the perfect testing ground for how to manage crowds. And it's a smaller crowd, sure. They can't know. I mean, the, 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 the football field in Canton, Ohio, isn't, you know, like Heinz Field or Jerry World or, you know, anything like that. But it is a stadium that they can practice on. And by that time, early on early August, again, that's August 6th through the 8th, the NBA will have just started back up. NHL probably would have just started back up. We, we have no idea what's going to happen with baseball. Uh, but... Uh, but there's going to be other other organizations working their own tests around and working their own games back into form. So this is going to be the chance for for football to try and get it right in a smaller level that's not as consequential while these other places are putting their whole season that they're trying to bring back on the line. This is just everything lining up so well so well for football and so well for the fall. And again, the confidence that they're, that they're, that they're talking about having just getting everyone back uh, just getting everyone back and they're thinking that this is going to work and that everything's going to work out. I, I really think the NFL has reason to say that they're confident and they're not just blowing smoke right here. I think that there's definitely a lot a lot of stuff that they're able to prepare for and that when you look at it as a fan, they're going to be able to be able to protect you, make sure that you're not that you're not exposed to anything that you don't need to be. Um, they're going to be able to protect the players, properly test them. Um, and also, there's more. Other, there's there's other good signs out there because college football looks like they're getting they're they're ready to get underway. Uh, Pitt Pitt's athletic, uh, University of Pittsburgh's athletic director Heather Heather Light was talking to the media uh, yesterday, and she was saying that right now, um, you know, they're still figuring things out, and they're. She said, "Don't book book or book or uh, a plane or drive or drive there yet," but she does believe that they could be on schedule to. Uh, to to bring everything back, they brought their own football staff back uh, la last week, and uh, they're they're on track to try and get college football started at least for them. If around the country college football can return, it's another sign that everyone's ready to get back to normal, and that maybe it's something that not, we're not just ready for, but we can actually functionally uh, and successfully pull off. If we get that done, 
that could mean everything's back to normal. We all get to enjoy sports and we'll all be able to uh, rejoice a little bit, breathe easy after it's been a tumultuous past three, four months here. Um, all right. With that, we're going to get to our first break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about Marquise Pouncey. He had some very interesting words he shared on 93.7 The Fan about his program that, that tries to connect the police with the community in Pittsburgh. All that right after this. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of types of cars, it's impossible for places to keep all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the pointless and seemingly intimidating questions that you'll get when you go into a store like, is your car an LX or an EX? And then you have to wait for the counterman to order parts on his computer and then choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry. You can skip all that. Go to a computer at your own house or your own phone that's in your pocket and go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then go to, go and write locked on for in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Now, let's get this party ro start rolling on. Uh, let's talk about Marquise Pouncey. Now, Marquise Pouncey is a um, you know longtime Steelers center, all pro, uh, pro bowl guy. He's been with the team for about a, a decade now. He was drafted in, tw in 2010. Uh, but he got nominated last year for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for the NFL. Now, for those who don't know, that's, that's the award that's not just about you being a, being a teammate. It's about you communicate, uh, working with your community and working to, a, to make change in your community. And the Steelers have had some several good nominees for this, but Marquise Pouncey's, uh, that, uh, that that got nominated last year, his program helped bridge the, the gap between police relations and, and the communities in Pittsburgh, which is a very positive thing. And especially, it's a very timely thing for what's going around on the country uh, after the after the deaths and killings of uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and many others. So uh, this all kicked off because he spoke with 93.7 The Fan, a radio station here in Pittsburgh, uh, saying uh, the following, quote, we've got to bring awareness to police brutality, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm full in with the police. Every city I'm in, I love the police. Some of the, my best friends are cops, but the ones that are bad, we've got to weed them out, and that's just common sense. Um, Marquise Pouncey then then goes on to talk about how he works to he works to develop the uh, the, the relationships with the with the police and the inner city youth uh, in 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 different in different areas and uh, it's, it goes through his pro his program the Pouncey Foundation it was created by both him and his twin brother Mike which I mean they are literally twins I've seen them both in the same like passing and I was like oh my god I thought they were the same person it freaked me out once uh, but uh, but yeah. Uh, the Steelers also released the following statement. Pouncey's mission was to bring together the community and the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, something talked something talked about in a meeting with police and several players a few years ago. He wanted to do something to build trust and develop a relationship that will hopefully last and improve relations long term. That drive, that desire to always work for something better is one of the many reasons Pouncey was selected as the Steelers' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Um, 
Pouncey was continuing, this gives the kids a chance to see police beyond the uniform. They are human. They are great people. They have they have kids and family members too, Pouncey told the team's official website. Uh, just because they wear a badge, you shouldn't look at them a certain way. They are a lot of great people and, and uh, that help with a lot of great causes. Uh, we've locked down the world for as long as we can. This is a working country. I get it. We've got to be safe as possible. Yeah, yeah we do. But, uh, but we have to come back and play sports. Um, talking about the Steelers coming back and playing. Um, but the bottom line here is that, you know, Pouncey's talking about, you know, trying to bridge that gap. And that's something that I think you guys should know. There's a lot of programs out there like that that are that are enacted within the city. I can tell you because I've helped uh, run one. Uh, uh, the Community Empowerment Association, a group that you might have heard me mention before. I volunteer a lot with them because I'm on their board of directors. Um, and uh, they're a group that's located here in Homewood, a neighborhood on the east end of Pittsburgh. Uh, and Homewood's one of the larger black neighborhoods. It's actually the largest black neighborhood in, in Pittsburgh uh, right now. And uh, the Community Empowerment Association, we've always worked to uh, you know, develop better relationships with the city, but we've also worked to do it with the police. And we've, we've hosted several festivals where we have police officers uh, come through and uh, just kind of hang out with, with us. They interact with kids. They interact with people from the community. Um, and they get to show people like, hey, I'm not just this guy behind a badge. I'm this person. I, you know, I actually grew up here. And there are, there are good, good police officers out there despite the videos of the many police officers that are hurting people and doing so in a malicious manner. Um, and I think it's also important to note that the, the, that the chief of Pittsburgh police has done a very good job of, of helping bridge those gaps here in Pittsburgh. His name's Scott E. Schubert. Um, he became the police chief back in 2017. And I can tell you as a guy who's been around the community a bit, he's often showing up to these events. I can, I mean, he shows up, he shows up to festivals. He's, uh, he's always trying to communicate. He took a knee with, with the protesters earlier, uh, last week, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, he's always made that effort to try and, you know, not, not, you know, be, you know, not be that opposition to people of the city, but try to help them under, you know, help them understand where they're coming from and then help them understand what the challenges are as police officers. Uh, and that doesn't mean that everything's been peachy here in Pittsburgh. There's, I've also seen, in, in fact, in a meeting where I was host, that we were, we were hosting here at this, uh, at the Community Empowerment Association, uh, there was a teacher that left that got, that got attacked by a police officer and we had to like straighten that out. Um, and that was a big ordeal about four or five years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's, there's been other instances even during these protests, but for the most part, Scotty Schubert has been a heck of a, uh, chief of police. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that like, you know, I've seen him at, you know, he'll show up at the special Olympics here in Pittsburgh and, uh, he's got, he gets to know, you know, a lot, a lot of the kids. He does a really good job of out of outreach and Marquis Pouncey's program highlights those efforts. And I think that, you know, the, the work that that's done it, that's very important because people should trust their police officers in their neighborhood. It's and it goes both ways. It's not just about people trusting the police. It's about p police trusting the community as well. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't know what the community's like. I can tell you, um, you know, in fact, in that encounter where the, I told you about the teacher that got that, that kind of got roughed up, we uh, when we came outside of the meeting and we saw we saw it happening, we said, "Sir, please stop." And you know, the guy called for backup. The police all rolled in. It got a little. It got not allowed. Not a little. It was very edgy, and in fact, uh, the CEO of the of the Community Empowerment Association, Rashad Birdsong, who's he's friends with the mayor. He works real hard. He's been he's been in Pittsburgh for 40, 50 years, and he's been in a long time community leader. Uh, he walks up with his hands up to the police officer, saying, "Officer, can we just talk?" And uh, one of the police officers sprayed him with mace, 
and uh you know and he was like what what is going on like and so there's times where it's 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 mutual in the sense that hey like you know i'm afraid of you and i'm afraid of you and i think that there's good efforts out there to help try to establish that connection and so anyone that's trying to do that i think is positive but it's also important to keep the part the part of the message that marquis pouncey said is that we do still have to recognize that police brutality is a major problem and that there are issues out there and to not ignore it because a lot of people want to say oh we just need to come together it's not that simple because for for us to come together we have to talk about the issues that police brutality is brung and the institutions in the police that protect those who vi- who violate the law that that is that also wear a badge so a lot of, a lot of good stuff here from Marquis Pouncey um, I, I, I do wonder how this will be received. Also, again, I wonder how this how this is going to play out in the coming year. You know, will will some Steelers kneel in protest? Adrian Peterson, longtime NFL running back, he's currently with Washington. Um, he said he's going to protest uh, when the when the season starts up, and that he hopes other players join him after that unified statement from several black superstars across the league. I'm inclined to think that there might be. And Ramon Foster has basically kind of hinted through some of his writings that the Steelers would have protested in two two or three years ago when they decided not to come out the tunnel. But instead, they decided to do to not come out the tunnel so that they could kind of you know show a sense of unity that hey we're all on the same page here. Of course, uh, Villanueva threw that away. Uh, but uh, point being. Uh, good, good on Marquis Pouncey. Good on Mike Pouncey. And uh, if you're if you're ever wondering uh, where uh, you know how how you can help, do you know look up the Marquis Pouncey f- uh, f- Foundation. Look up different look look up different nonprofits in your areas. I can tell you right now, CEA is is a Community Power Association. If you want to if you want to get involved, uh, Mad Dads, a group that I, you guys have heard me mention several times. Um, we also uh, it's another group that that I'm associated with. Um, the, uh, they we do a lot of work where we team up with police officers and they help us uh, getting to know different communities. Actually, then we help them getting to know different communities as well. Um, so there's a lot of good work out there, and that's why I kind of wanted to bring in because I know a lot of this is a lot of the stuff that's been talked about. What's going on with police brutality and the problems that are in with systemic racism in, in the United States of America? Uh, it, it is bad, and you guys have heard me talk about it. But there are people that are fighting to change it. If you want to get a part, if you want to be a part of these efforts. Do, do some digging. You can find him and you can join yourself. All right. We're going to take one quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Troy Polamalu, the guy I talked about that's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Dale Lolly had part two published yesterday. We're going to go over some of the key points and some interesting talking points moving forward right after this. Hey, guys, you ever have that problem where you're just trying to get through your day and you need a snack to get you through, but you don't want to go to the vending machine and get you something that's unhealthy? I've got a great option for you, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar are these protein and energy bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great-tasting with uh, 16 different flavors to work your way through. And I know because I've worked my way through quite a few of them already. There are new sponsors here at the pod, at the Locked On Podcast Network, but they've got flavors like double chocolate mousse, banana nut bread, mint brownie delight, raspberry chocolate cream, and so many more. They're, they're great and tasty, they're soft and chewy, and they're great for you. They can also fill you up, make sure that you're satisfied to help you get throughout your day without consuming a whole bunch of calories. For example, my favorite flavor so far, double chocolate mousse, is only 110 calories, packs 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of flat fat. And great, the great thing about all of them, they're gluten-free. 
So try out Built Bars. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for that $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You'll get a great tasting snack and you'll feel great after eating them. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Now, let's talk about more of what's going on with with, uh, with the Troy Polamalu special. Now, for those who might have missed yesterday's episode, uh, if, you, if you missed it, uh, on DKPittsburghSports.com, the website that I write for, our lead our lead uh, beat writer on the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dale Lally, has been doing it for a long time. He got to do a, a five-part special that's going all this week on DKPittsburghSports.com that's, that focuses on the life of Troy Polamalu, not just with the Steelers, but focusing on the parts of his life that we never got insight on because Troy's always just been that humble, quiet guy that no one ever uh, really got a chance to get close to in the media. So, uh, you know, he was always very insightful about his football, but also, you know, that, that's the thing is that there's a lot of part, part, a lot of his personal life that we never knew. Part one talked about his childhood and, uh, so you know, growing up and then moving away. Now, this part, part two, dealt with him moving back uh, to California. Now, uh, he, you know, he played he played a little bit of baseball. Um, he, uh, you know, he, and that's the crazy part. He actually only played four football games as a senior because he was injuries injured, but colleges came, came because they saw him in, in, uh, in his sophomore and junior years as a running back. And he had, he had two back-to-back 1000 yard seasons and he was a heck of a player. Uh, a lot of people recognized it and sort of what Tony and I were talking about yesterday about his childhood. You know, when he was a kid, he would, he would, he would run the ball a lot. And because he was smaller than everyone else that he was playing, he would often use that cutback. And you've heard Mike Tomlin talk about that. Troy, that's that cutback guy. That's what he is. He's a cutback runner. Um, and, uh, that, that's who he, that's who he was. So he used that in college. Um, but, uh, you know, there was some debating about where he, where he should go. Uh, he had family in different places. Um, you know, he, he was thinking about going to Colorado originally because his uncle Kennedy Polamalu, um, was the running backs coach under Rick Neuheisel there in, in the late nineties. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that was an interesting, that, that was an interesting idea there. Um, then, you know, the, but the Neuheisel left and then there was some switching around, uh, you know, and at the time, Troy Polamalu's he's playing in Oregon, so like you know they they're still figuring out, uh, think you know where where he's gonna go, where he wants to get set up for college, because he needs to you know make make the, take the best advantage possible. And even though he was injured his senior year, scouts were all over him. They wanted they wanted the best the, the the you know they, they wanted him this guy in, on their team. They knew what kind of athlete he was. And again, when you have that lineage as an NFL player, and uh, you have guys that played in college, and you know that and especially guys that coach in college. That's gonna. A lot of people see that and they're like, okay, not only does this person have the athleticism to make the league, but there's people in his family that can talk to him, talk him through the process, and help him understand what's needed. And Mike Tomlin's talked about this before, right? They want players that ha- that know players or that grew up with players that have been through the process because it, you know it's one thing to be an athlete. It's another thing to have the mindset of an athlete and a professional athlete and know what you have to do day to day to continue to be that athlete. So. You know he's gonna naturally attract that kind of attention, and uh, there was some uh, there were some doubts about Troy Polamalu from some of the scouts because he even as a kid he was quiet he was humble he didn't he didn't want to talk too much, and that was always Troy he was always humble, but 
when you look to the coaches that talked to him, and that's uh, USC's Paul Paul Hackett. Hackett got to got to see a little bit about, about him, and here was here was here's was Hackett's readout when he went to go talk to him. Kennedy Tropomo's uncle and I made the trip up there to meet with him. We met with him at his aunt and uncle's house, and it was unbelievable. Their house was right on the edge of the river. It ran through their backyard. The welcome they gave me was unbelievable. They were so friendly. We sat on the back porch and talked. And Troy barely said a word. He was just so quiet. You wondered about how his play would translate. He was such. He was at such a small school. It was easy to look at the kids from from the schools around LA and and figure out how they would make the transition. But with Troy, we weren't as sure. And a lot of this coaching staff didn't want Troy because of that. But Kenny and I were adamant about him. And this is interesting because Hack is talking about the recruiting process. And, you know, sometimes you see a person off the beaten path that attracts your eye because everyone's looking at the bigger guys, the faster guys, the, the ones, the, the guys that are playing in the huge schools and playing in the big games. But, you know, Troy Palomalo being undersized and from a small area, that, that's going to that's gonna detract from him. Uh, another quote from Hackett, saying he was very quiet on his visit, but Kennedy and I were so big on him, I remember we would talk about him as a staff, but Kennedy would leave the room because he didn't want people to think he was pushing for Troy because of their relationship. Uh, and, and this is just really cool because you're kind of learning about the about the whole family. They kind of have this sense, this, this sort of honor, this sort of respect that they don't want to violate. Um, and then uh, Dale goes on to, to show more uh, from, you know, from Kennedy in quotes, I'm not going to spoil the whole article. I urge you to read it. It's on, it's a really special series right now. Part three is up today. We'll cover that uh, later in the week. Um, but it talks about how USC came in um, and uh, they and they were they were they were offering to, to a scholarship to Troy, um, and uh, you know they were looking to to develop things. Um, and uh, it was you know it turned it worked out for Troy Polamalu. Um, uh, the, you know, there was, uh, there, there, and then it worked out being football and not baseball. You can read about those reasons, um, as, as to why later. Um, and there were a lot of people that said he was an outstanding baseball player and that he could have been very good at that sport if he had, if he had committed to it. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot like how Island, Island Iverson, a lot of people think that he could have been a great football player, uh, because of how he played. And the same thing goes for LeBron James and others guys. But then of course, uh, you know, Hackett got fired. You know, USC's football was in football program was in disrepair, and then Pete Carroll was hired, and then uh, um, you know they you know Mark Pryor was their baseball coach, and there was a lot of stuff that goes in there. So if you want to learn more about how he got into USC, uh, Pete Carroll, um, uh, you know Pete Carroll stepped in and he played a huge role in it. He talked about Ronnie Lott. He talked about the players that he coached. And he helped convince Troy Polamalu. If you want to, if you want to know more about that, again, I urge you go read Dale Lally's piece, uh, "Man of Troy." It's the five-part series on Polamalu's journey. This this part two deals with getting him back into into California and to Los Angeles for the um, the USC Trojans. Part three will continue to will continue today, and uh, parts four and five will get will be revealed Thursday and Friday. It's a great read. I suggest you all catch up on it. All right, that's today's show for the Locked On Steelers podcast. Again, I'm your host Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter. I'm I'm at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thanks to those who do follow me. Thanks to those who support the show. Um, if you want to join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, and you'll join over 640 other loyal Locked On listeners. Uh, you can join that by searching Locked On Steelers on Facebook. Ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as I can. And you can get to talking with several other Steelers fans who are already there and passionate about the Steelers and about the show. 
Um, I'm there as well as several other guests like Tony Serino, Wesley Euler, Adam Crowley, several other guys, Hunter Homestack as well. Um, also, if you're enjoying the show, please hit the subscribe button. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, we, um, we, uh, you know, we're on all, all major podcasting platforms. Also, please go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing so really helps the show, helps get the word out about the show. Now, um, before this, I want to let you guys know uh, tomorrow on all the Locked On uh, podcast network feeds, we're going to be doing a special national show that actually I'm on. Um, and so uh, you won't get your normal half-hour bite-sized uh, Steelers episode. Uh, tomorrow you're getting a national show, and we're talking about race relations, we're talking about police brutality, we're talking about if you want to learn about how you can help in this fight, if you want to learn uh, more about what's going on and and just what, you know, how to feel and how to process some of these things, if you're one of those people that's saying, like, you know, I want to learn, I want to hear what other people think, this is your chance. It's it's a, it's a podcast made up of about eight or nine of the uh, black podcasters on the Locked On Podcast Network. I was one of them. Uh, we all teamed up to have a great conversation. Uh, I believe it's about two hours long, so it's a, it's a, it's a long one. Um, actually, it might be a lot shorter because we probably cut it down between some answers. But point is, it'll be there for you tomorrow. So I encourage you to listen to it. It's a good show. Um, I provide a lot of insight. A lot, a lot of other guys, very insightful from across um, all sports. We don't just have Locked On NFL. We have Locked On NBA there. We have Locked On other sports as well. Um, but yeah, do, jo- do listen to that tomorrow. I'll be back in your ears on Fantasy Draft Friday where we'll be drafting the best all-time Steelers third-round picks. From Chris Carter on Locked on Steelers podcast, catch you tomorrow.